There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 32 of the Hunting Collective. I'm Ben O'Brien, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, and a very important guest, and his name is Senator John Tester. Uh, he's a Democrat from the state of Montana, and he's currently running for re-election against Matt Rosendale, uh, and this is, you know, for me, just uh, what I believe is just a relatively normal guy to be able to sit down with somebody like John Tester and talk about the issues that I'm, uh, that I feel like are important to me and important to, to you all listening um, was fantastic and it was a privilege. Um, I found Senator Tester to be straightforward and we talked before and after the podcast about very uh, important issues. I mean, obviously it has limited time this time of year to chat, but um, I found him to be credible and uh, believable and a firm handshake and, and look you straight in the eye and speak about what he believes. And so whether you agree or disagree with some of the things he'll say in the podcast upcoming, I hope you listen with an open mind and um, and learn more about his stance on public lands, his stance on chronic wasting disease, uh, his stance on mining and extraction on his lands in Montana, and, and really just why he loves uh, the state where he was born. So without further ado, please welcome Senator John Tester. Tester, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here. Thanks. How for are you? Me. Snowy Montana. You, you day. know what? It's uh, it's fall in Montana, and you uh, <laughs> spring used to be my favorite time of year. But I guess maybe it's with age, uh, you, you <laughs> gravitate towards fall because I just love the fall. Uh, yeah. You know, after a hot summer, you got the air is crisp. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, winter's coming. So you, it's if t- you're going to live in Montana, I find you got to love the winter. 
Yeah, yeah. You no, I mean, it is. I mean, winters aren't like they used to be when I was a kid, you know, when yeah. we'd have 30 below for weeks on end and you were stuck in the house and you had snow. But I will say one thing, last winter we had a good winter here, first one since 78. Yeah. And it, it makes you appreciate spring when it comes. But I got to tell you, I, I love the winter. As long as, <laughs> as long as you don't have to be somewhere uh, because you never know if the wind blows, the roads are closed. That's you know? right. That's uh, right. So you got to kind of plan ahead. But it's, uh, you know, Montana's a great state because of the four seasons. Uh, because of our public lands, uh, because of our ability to go out, <laughs> get there quick, or like hiking it. or whatever you need. But but it, but but it is. I mean, yeah. I always, you know, I, I've I've been able to get all over the country uh, as a U.S. senator, and uh, and there's no other place like Montana in the lower 48. I'll yeah. just tell you that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Alaska's marvelous, but it's not in the lower 48. <laughs> <laughs> That's all semantics. We'll take it. No, I mean, I'm just moving here, and um, as somebody who likes to go outside, there is. Moving here, people speak differently about going outside. Yeah. You know, having lived in Texas, and I'm from the East Coast originally, people speak differently about going outside. Their eyes light up when you talk about a certain canyon or a place everybody shares that we can all go uh, if we want to. And so it's just a different way to interact about going outside. And and part of it is, and at least from my uh, my perspective, part of it is 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 public lands. Part yeah. of it is, is uh, block management programs that, that we set up at the state level. Where you don't have to be a millionaire to be able to access some unbelievable places, whether yeah. it's for hunting, whether it's for fishing, whether it's for just going out and, and running up and down the mo- mountains without your cell phone working, you know? That's right. It's, uh, it, it, it's because of that ability to, and, it, and, and it's also because of, I might add, and this is changing and it's changing pretty rapidly, of, of the rancher's willingness to let on hunters to yeah. help manage the game. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but, you know, we've always had a, a strong tradition in this state of, of, um, you know, being able to get out there and, uh, you know, and harvest <laughs> a few deer or elk or <laughs> catch a few fish, whatever yeah. you might be. Yeah. I mean, I, when I was thinking about uh, this conversation, I, I, my first question that pinged to mind is that you seem like a pretty easygoing, uh, you're, you know, a wheat farmer from yeah. big Sandy and yeah. small town. Like why, uh, you know, the political, why jump into the political pressure cooker? Why take uh, you know take your life the way you have and and stand up for what you believe? I mean, I know it's well, it's not an easy gig. I can I can just tell you that um, we've got a pretty good life on the farm. I mean, we do. We, we we've we farm the land my grandmother and grandfather homesteaded. My folks farmed it. It's an incredible honor, especially in this day and age, because there's not many folks that have that opportunity. But but. It's also a time when, you know, my, my grandmother passed away when I was 16. My grandmother was a political animal. <laughs> and so when we'd go have dinner at my grandmother's house when I was in grade school and junior high and early early high school years, I talked a lot of politics. I mean, talked a lot about who was doing this, you know, in that moment in time, the Kennedy years, LBJ, yeah. Nixon. And uh, and they talked a lot about what was going on. And, and my grandmother was smart. She immigrated here from Sweden when she was 16. Um, and never went back, which is always amazing to me, but, but she was smart. I mean, whip smart. Yeah. And, and she, uh, she just osmosis, I guess, <laughs> got me involved. My mother kind of fell off of, of, of her, 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 her standard there. And my mother was very, very, very in tune with what was going on. She read enormous amounts of information about what's going on. So long story short, I'm a junior in high school. We go to the state legislature. They pack up all the juniors and seniors. It was 1973. Mm-hmm. 
jumped on the bus, never been to the state capitol before in my life. We talked politics, but we never did go to see the legislature work, had a chance to do it through our school district, and walked in and got to meet some of the folks that, you know, represent me in Big Sandy, Montana, yeah. and and saw that beautiful building that we have in Montana called our state capitol. And, and I said to myself, and this is going to sound corny, but it's absolutely a fact. I said, one of these days, if I get a chance, I want to do this. Wow. And um, we talked to them. They're, they were good people, the senators and the House members that were there. And in 1998, my neighbor, who, who was a different political party than me, but he was a very, very good friend, and I was never going to run against him, decided not to run for re-election. And I told my my wife, you know, my, my daughter was just graduating from high school. My son was just going into seventh grade. It wasn't the ideal time to run for the legislature. But if we weren't going to do it now, we'll probably never do it. Yeah. And so I did it. And one thing led to another and ended up in the U.S. Senate. And here we are. Yeah. Um, and and not only are you a farmer there, but you've got a bit of a butcher shop there, I hear tell. Yeah, we do. Uh, look, it's it's not a huge farm. So dad in the, in the 50s actually started cutting meat to help supplement the income. And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, as he said, I, I didn't have any change in my pocket when I went to town. <laughs> and so, uh, he started cutting meat and one thing ended to another. And then he ended up building a shop in the early sixties and, and cut meat till he retired in 78. I taught school coming out of college and yeah. in the spring and the fall of 78 and, uh, couldn't make enough money to put tires on my car. And, yeah. and people were asking me to cut meat. So my wife and I started the butcher shop and we ran it till I got into the state legislature. Yeah, I mean, I think the things that you're talking about when you describe your life, your early life, and and even your current life is is um, a lot around values. Like what yeah. what values your grandparents and your parents yeah. instilled in you, and then what values that you hold to be Montanan values. Yep. So give us a quick overview of of your you know your boilerplate on what's Montanan values. What's that mean when you take that to D.C.? Well, I mean, I'll just tell you. Uh, your word is your bond. Your handshake makes something. That means something. You don't. You, you look somebody in the eye and you tell them you're going to do it. You don't need a written contract to do it. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah. And uh, an agreement's an agreement. I would say that's the most basic of all. But but also along with that is hard work. You never get anything done. And you know everybody says you know farmers are hard workers. They are. Teachers are hard workers. You bet. Doctors are hard workers. Yeah. Nurses. You go down the list. Anything worth doing, it takes hard work to be successful yeah. at it. And so that's that's another value that I think is important. But the most important one is your word is your bond and your handshake means something. And when you look somebody in the eye and you say, you know what, deal's a deal, it's a deal. Yep. You don't have to have 300 pages of paperwork <laughs> to follow it up with a bunch of lawyers that are signing off saying this yep. is the right thing to do. So 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 I would say that. And then then I would also say from a from a uh, just a Montana perspective, and it goes to 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 you and your in your show is is that. What makes Montana great is it's a rural state where you can get outside and get away from it all. Sure. And and I'll tell you, there's not a lot of places like that left. And uh, being able to go out there and 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 see uh, nature, see ecosystems as they're working, um, is is just pretty amazing. Yeah. Especially in this 21st century we live. And it's why I push so hard for things like the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Why? Yeah. Because these ecosystems aren't going to be around in 10 years or 15 years. They're going to be developed. There's going to be houses on them. There's going to be chains across the across the, the posts and the roads. So you can't go up and get to your favorite spot, whether it's for hunting or fishing or whatever. That's right. And so uh, we need to understand what we have. And we need to understand that if we don't look with a little bit of vision moving forward, 
it's simply not going to be here. And yeah. and it's one of the reasons too that that I really um, I'm nervous about the billionaires that want to buy up ranches for their own you know private hunting That's place. Right. Um, m- many of these ranches, you know, they're the old time ranchers or the folks that help you know build this state. And they were always open to have hunters come on. As long as the hunter was respectful to the land, they could come on and they could hunt and they could fish. They could do whatever ever they needed to do as long as they gave, you know, got permission to do it. Now we're seeing these, <clears throat> these you know, these big ranchers, uh, billionaires coming in and buying up ranches and locking them up. And uh, so now public land becomes that more valuable because yeah. now that private land is locked up. They don't put it in block management. Yep. They don't. And do the things necessary to do to be able to allow, um, you know, us Montanans to be able yeah. to get out and enjoy the great outdoors. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people that listen to this show, and there's a lot of people that go outside, are particularly interested in your, you know, you you started on that down that path a little bit in your, what you were just saying, but your philosophies and, and even your ideologies around like land use just yeah. in general. You know, how did you develop, you know, where you currently stand on public land and and private land use and, and how all those things play together in this state in a very important way because uh, there's a lot of public land here. Yep. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 
Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a big believer in multiple use. I think public lands can be used in multiple ways, and, and I think it can help. It can help habitat. For instance, um, I think you know, well managed forest helps habitat. That means sure. you cut you cut some trees. You 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 help develop that grass base that's out there. Um, I, I, w- I would also say that 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 uh, uh, why public lands have become such a big thing is is that. Um, you kind of take it for granted unless, unless there's a, you've never been able to find a place to go hunt. Yeah. And, and, and when I say you don't have to be a millionaire to go hunting that public land, you know, we're all public land owners. That's right. So it, you can go out there and you can access it. If you take the time, you can, you can really, uh, have a really good experience. Yeah. But, 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 but in the end, you know, it's uh, the public lands. I mean, if you take a look at West of Mississippi versus East of Mississippi, I mean, that's one of the big issues. Yeah. It's, it's why when we talk about things like the Land and Water Conservation Fund, now it helps for parks in some of the cities and things, right. which is very, very important. But the bulk of that goes yeah. to the West. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's a varied use, and that's one of the big topics right now in, in the public lands uh, sphere. And you've been a big proponent of, of Land and Water Conservation Fund. I have. And everybody, hopefully everybody that's listening to this knows what that is. Yeah. If you don't. Let me know. I'll, I'll tell I, you. I'll tell you in, in another format. But you've been a big proponent of that. Yeah. There, you know, I feel as though it's not uh, as accepted among your colleagues in a lot yeah. of ways. And and why you think that is? I mean, it seems to me uh, you're taking royalties from offshore drilling and you're and yep. you're forwarding that uh, those monies to play to like you said. There's a park here in Bozeman that my yeah. son plays at that has a little sign right right yeah. beside it that says "Funded by LWCF." So. Um, there's a lot of compelling reasons to to sign that bill mm-hmm. and, and perpetuate that money year over year and mm-hmm. fully fund this. Um, yep. Why? You know, I think you've already said kind of why you support it, but what what's the dynamic? Well, I think that the part of the reason is I don't think a lot of people understand that uh, this really pays back to the treasury in a big, big way because uh, you know it's a seven billion dollar a year industry in the state of Montana. The outdoor mm-hmm. economy is seventy four thousand jobs arguably the biggest industry in the state of Montana. Mm-hmm. And the Land and Water Conservation Fund is the key for access. It's the key to make sure we have uh, land moving forward. We've got this checkerboard thing going in where you've got a, a yeah. section of public land, a section of private land, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you can't walk diagonally across. So you can get some corner easements. Hoppers, yeah. Right, you can get some <laughs> easements to make it so there's yeah. more accessibility. And, and, and that's why I fight for it. I think the folks who are opposed to it are opposed to it because they don't think the federal government should own anything. Um, the federal government is us, by the way. Yeah, it's our land. It's, yeah. it's not the federal government that owns it. It's we, the people. Well, yeah, and it seems it. to be a strange dichotomy. Whereas you know, Senator Mike Lee out of Utah is yeah. talking about introducing a homestead act, <laughs> yeah. and your family homesteaded in this yeah, state in 1910, 1912. Yeah, that's correct. And here you are, you know, uh, coming from a long line of homesteaders. Yeah. And here's another. Here's a, a land transfer advocate talking yeah. about re, you know, reinstating the, uh, the Homestead Act and trying to spin up these the, this political jargon around around that terminology. So how do you find that to be? You know, how do you speak about that in a way that really hits home um, for folks that are confused because they're hearing from one side? Um, in some ways, you know, Senator Lee said it straight out: public land is elitist, wilderness is an elitist um, I, principle. And on the other side, we're saying it's for everybody. Everybody owns it. So there's just, you know, like a lot in our politics, there's a, a large separation. It's a division. Too. Well, I can tell you how I've found the most success, and it's just talking about economy. Yeah. Um, 
if 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 it didn't contribute to seven billion dollars, and that's Montana's economy, mm-hmm. Colorado's got different figures, Oregon's got different figures, each state's got different figures. If it didn't contribute seven billion dollars to our economy, seventy four thousand jobs, it'd be tougher to sell by just talking about quality of life, even though quality of life is probably more important than all that stuff. Yes, right. But 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 so you have to talk about it from economy. When when I'm talking to somebody who's who's a strict conservative, and by the way strict conservatives based off of conservation. So you'd think they'd be on board, but they're not. But, but when I'm talking to them, I'm talking to them about, you know, this is jobs, this is economy. This is, we invest a dollar today. We get a dividend tomorrow. And, and really that's, that's the pattern moving forward. And, and, but, but, you know, Mike Lee, you know, where Mike Lee's coming from. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the people that I get really, really disgusted with. It's the folks that on one stand will be with you on a news conference on the Land of Water Conservation Fund, and then 30 minutes later walk in and take a vote to cut the Land of Water Conservation Fund. Yeah. And regular people aren't paying attention to this stuff, so they never know and they get away with it. Yeah. But it drives me crazy. Either you understand it and you're for it, and you'll promote it, like Richard Burr does in North Carolina, That's by right. the way, because he's a real stalwart for this fund. And, or, or you turn around and say, you know what? I kind of like it. But I'm not going to put it on the line for it, and that's more accurate. You know, that's not hypocritical. Yeah. Well, you you would imagine as you as you try to you know as you campaign and you try to spin yeah. up that what I would call pandering that that public land pandering is pretty easy to do. It's America. It's idealism. It's what <laughs> we all get to share. It's like everybody big hug around this public land. So yeah. it's I think easy to do. Um, your opponent, if you go to his website right now, says I support. Um, I well, he says I oppose land transfer and. and um, his record is maybe a little bit against that. What's your What's your take on that? Well, as you, as my, you get into it, my yeah, my, yeah. my take on that is is that I think he changed because uh, Montanans told him that he wasn't going to get to first base if he didn't. Yeah, and so he changed. I still think internally he wants to transfer land to the states. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. If you take a look at the 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 Keogh Ranch. Um, uh, Situation was on the land board, 7,100 acres of prime elk habitat for access to for hunters in Montana, uh, and he voted against it. Yeah. If you take a look at the Horse Creek, I think 20,000 acres in southeastern Montana, really, really, really good habitat, uh, and voted against it. Uh, there's a proposal in Washington, D.C. right now that's not a comprehensive proposal at all to remove wilderness study areas. Just mm-hmm. just remove them for no, no particular reason. Just remove them so you can mine them or whatever you want. Um, and he supports that. He also has been supported by billionaire Wilkes brothers and their whole family, both yeah. – politically and through uh through leases on his land and i think a lot of the conservation votes he's taken to keep those uh easements out of things like horse creek and the keogh ranch is because he's being influenced by those billionaire ranchers from out of state that want to buy up the land and make a private hunting uh you know paradise for them only to use yeah it's it's uh it's what we've got to be careful of as montanans to be honest with you and and i you know what look there's all sorts of folks that that come to this state and and i i love them all as long as they appreciate that montana is the greatest state and the greatest country in the world and then the reason it's the greatest state and the great country in the world is because of the people and quite frankly our public lands yeah. access to the great outdoors it's really that simple you know you can go to new jersey i'm not a 
Durgis is great, but uh, you know, it's not Montana by a long shot. Uh, I mean, okay? I'm moving here from Texas. Yeah. I mean, it is, uh, and having lived in Illinois in the past and growing, grew up out East. I mean, there is, like I said, when talking before we hit record about just the way people speak about the outdoors here, the way, um, every weekend that you can't yeah. find anybody in town. I mean, there is a different, not only a different lifestyle, but just a different way of thinking and a different spirit and people that have the freedom to go outside and do things. Uh, I agree. And I think it's, it's, it's good for you. I think it's, yeah. it's good for your health. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's good for your mental health too. And it's one of the things that I serve as ranking member on the VA committee is to use the outdoors, use, use those programs of fishing and hunting out there to help these folks that are coming back from, from 17 years of war with, with mental health issues, because I think it's good physically yeah. and I think it's good mentally. I yeah. think it's good for the soul. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, speaking of health, I want to talk to you a little bit about chronic wasting disease. Yes. Um, you have been a big proponent of funding research yes. and testing um, for, for states and for mm-hmm. tribal uh, associations to be able to one test, but then fund research around where C- CWD is showing up. Yep. How do we fight it? How do yep. we stop its spread? So, you have a, a bill out there for a $60 million of funding. Mm-hmm. Talk about that bill and then kind of where it is. And it seems to be held up a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it hasn't been moving. Look, the, the key is, is that you've, we do, some, we do some of, if not the best research in the world. Chronic wasting disease can be a, a, it's a big problem. It's a big problem, not only in wildlife, it's a big problem in domestic livestock yeah. too. So we have an opportunity to go out and try to get ahead of this curve. And by the way, it's a hard curve to get ahead of because we're already starting to see it crop up just about everywhere. Yeah. And so my point was, is let's give the researchers the tools they need to try to find uh, a test uh, for CWD so that we can uh, pinpoint it uh, and potentially uh, stop its spread uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, the bill right now is, is is just set in a committee. It needs it needs to get out. We need to get bipartisan support for it. Yeah. Uh, as with anything, it costs money, yeah. and, and oftentimes money is hard to come by in Washington D.C. But I will tell you from uh, f- from from a wildlife standpoint and a domestic livestock standpoint. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. 
It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. We've got to get some research done, and I can't help to think that research on on elk, for example, or or any pick pick any game yeah. game animal, couldn't be easily transferred over to live cattle. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, especially yep. the funding. You yep. Imagine the funding could be exactly around right. By the could states. be shifted around in the techniques for finding out what causes this yeah. and how how we can deal with it in a common sense way moving forward. Uh, I think will help everybody. Yeah. It's a matter of letting people understand that this is a problem. Yeah. And and we need to get on top of it before uh before real bad things happen. Yeah, is there anything that Montanans or folks listening yeah. can do to kind of get educated yep. about your legislation and yep. similar uh legislations that are out there? Well, you you can go to my website, my my uh my Senate website and uh and you, you know, search around a little bit, you'll find it. Yep. And uh, you can read up on it. And then the other thing I would just say is if you're concerned about CWD and you think we need to have research to find out its cause and how we can potentially prevent it, um write your congressman. Yeah. Right, your senator. I know your your this podcast goes far and wide. Yes, and so uh, just drop an email in 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 or, or or pick up the phone and make a phone call. And I will tell you that a lot of people say, Ah, God, that doesn't do any good. Those guys don't listen to us anyway. Uh, far from the truth. The truth yeah. is, is that those emails make a big difference. Those phone calls make a big difference. And uh, so, just do that and just say, hey. Look at this bill Tester's got. It's a good bill. I wish I could give you the number of it. I can't right now, but it'll be listed on my website. Yeah, you is. can even give them it the is. number. Yep. And uh, look, I talk to folks from both sides of the aisle. I work with people from both sides of the aisle. The, if you get them, get it on their mind, they'll be able to come up to me and talk to me about yeah. it, and then we'll get them signed up. It's called the the Chronic Waste and Disease Support for States Act. Yep. And that's a, it's a, propo- a proposal for $60 million. Yeah. Um, which, which by the way is a rounding error in, in Washington, <laughs> yeah, D.C. numbers. Say, $60 million is, is a, it's, it's not half much. a briefcase. That's right. Uh, but the, but the truth is it'd be money well spent. Yeah. Um, the other big point around uh, your works and really the, that goes along with access is extraction, mining. Yes. And, and, yep. and your philosophy is around that kind of land use and, yep. and, it's a big political thing, but also a big thing because uh, you've seen it in the Yellowstone corridor and the gateway yep. to Yellowstone. Yep. Um, talk about your philosophy around extraction, where you don't want to see it, where you like to see it. What's your what's your thoughts? Well, there's places where it is entirely acceptable, yeah. and there's other places where uh, the ecosystems are more more valuable than gold. Quite frankly, uh, the best one I can think of is the mine at the head of the Yellowstone River, mm-hmm. uh, at the doorstep of Yellowstone Park. Um, I've got a bill that, that hopefully we can get through in the lame duck, uh, you know, still gateway protection act, uh, because it's, it's gone through committee in, in the house and, and in the Senate. And so it's, it's teed up to get done, uh, that would stop a, a huge mining operation by a foreign company, uh, at the headwaters of the Yellowstone river. Mm-hmm. So, um, is there gold there? There 
probably is gold there. But the truth is, is that the impacts on the water, the impacts on wildlife, the impacts on those hundreds of small businesses up and down Paradise Valley into Livingston um, is not acceptable. Yeah. And uh, I have not looked at the figures per se, but my guess is it's about probably that Paradise Valley is probably worth about a billion dollars well, in easy. economic activity to the yeah. state of Montana. And then if you want to talk about if they screw up, like they did in Zortman Landesky and the water is polluted, um, that fishery's gone. Uh, then you're treating water in perpetuity. Yeah. It's just not the right thing to do. So I've got a bill to basically take the federal lands off of it. By the same token, um, there's a mine south of Columbus, platinum palladium mine, that is an incredibly responsible mine. Yeah. They do everything right. It's a zero discharge. They absolutely... They play by the rules and they pay their employees and they treat them well and and uh, they provide a valuable asset to yeah. the whole world. And so, um, in those cases, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. At, at, at the head of the at the head of the Yellowstone, it makes no sense. You're 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 asking for a disaster. Yeah. No, I think it's. I always talk about pro nuance and anti bullshit. Like that's my political stance. <laughs> I don't know what party that lies in. I like it. You Somewhere do well around in Washington D.C. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. But, it, but it's to that point. Uh, this is one of those things where uh, around national monuments here yep. last year became a big political football to throw back and forth. Um, yep. And to me, that a lot of the nuance is lost in the conversation yep. of should we, you know, should it be a monument? Should it not? Should we extract yep. here? Should we not? Yep. A lot of the nuance is lost, and um, yep. the balance that you're talking about there, I think, is is important. No, it's 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 critically important, and 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 I and I will tell you, I will tell you just just from a, a, a how we look at laws and how we look at projects and business, you got to have a little more vision than ten or fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, I mean that's. If if you're looking short term, long term is going to eat you up. And I I think anybody who's successful in business, they look short term, but they also look long term. If you're not always looking, and in this day and age where the economy is changing so rapidly, you've got to look 20, 30, 40, 50 years ahead. Yeah. And and like I said earlier, with the Land and Water Conservation Fund, if these landscapes go, if these ecosystems go, because we're making stupid decisions today, man, we're doing our kids a total injustice, just yep. a total injustice. Yeah, and they're, they're not coming back. Not coming back, exactly right. And we're giving away one of our greatest economic drivers, and that's yep. our outdoor recreation economy. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think hunters and anglers can appreciate your voice in that way and, and, and how you speak up in a pragmatic way for the things that make sense. And the only thing, you know, I don't get to talk to senators that much, so... The only thing that uh, other question I have for you is is today's political climate. You've been um, you've been in the Trump sphere uh, yeah. as of late, and yeah. and been um, yeah in the ire of some of his attacks. And just uh, what is what's your take on the current political climate? You know how it's affecting this country and and how we forward the conversation. Because as hunters and anglers, everybody that I talk to, everybody seems to be. Like I said, common sense, pragmatic, want yep. the right thing for the outdoors, want yep. the right thing for the country. How do you how do you find um, going to DC and 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 fighting through the bullshit? It's, it's, way, it's way too partisan. Yeah. Um, the both parties run to their corners way too quick. Um, and and quite frankly, I I, I believe it's for a number of reasons. I, I I blame it on campaign finance. I think that the decisions have came out to uh, to have corporations be people and allow unlimited amounts of dark money without knowing where it comes from and who's trying to buy your state. 
uh, isn't helpful. Uh, and it creates for more of a uh, hyper-partisan situation. I think the the fact that we don't have reapportionment done in a way, and now reapportionment the, the the districts, mm-hmm. and this is in the House, not the Senate, where you have a district that is bright blue or a district that's bright red, it doesn't allow for uh, bipartisanship and working in the middle to get things done that can help everybody. And I think if we if we dealt with both of those in a common sense way, which wouldn't take nuclear physics degree to figure it out. I'll tell you that. That's right. Uh, You'd be, you'd be easy to go. But, but I'll also tell you on the other side of the coin, uh, I've got great friends on both sides of the aisle. Uh, Johnny Isaacson, for example, the chairman of the veterans committee. And I, he's a Republican. I serve as ranking members, a Democrat. You wouldn't find a finer man. Uh, Johnny is a good man and, and we trust one another. We'll stick up for one another. We has have one another's backs. And, and we started this a year and a half when I took over and he took over. And we just said, do we want to get something done? Or we just want to put out political rhetoric and fight yeah. like everybody else does. And we both agreed, let's get something done. That ended up with 11 bills being put on the president's desk just with VA. Just, just That's great. you know. Uh, letting the VA have the tools they need to be able to serve the veterans of this country. And I think if other committees did that, um, I think we'd be far better off. Um, and, and I don't know if it's just because Johnny Isaacson and myself have the personalities that we can get together, but it hasn't been that tough. I'll just tell you, it's just, you sit down and you talk. If I got a problem, I don't talk behind Johnny's back. I go look him in the eyeball and say, Hey, this is what's going on. And you know what? He does the same thing. And we end up finding common ground pretty darn fast under those rules. Yeah. I mean, that's what we need, common ground. I mean, I think we, public land, common ground, I don't know, there's some sweet. uh, There's always a sweet spot. Sweet ending right there where I can (laughs) tie it all together. I'm not that smart, Senator. (laughs) Well, thanks thanks for joining me. We really, you know, I I feel like um, I just want to say thanks for your public service. I know. you fight hard for what you believe in, and it means a lot to, to folks like me to have you out there, regardless of if we agree on every issue or what your no, that's right. political party is. That you that you stand up for what you believe in, yeah. that you are serving the public in your um, in your endeavor. So we, I well, appreciate that. I, I can I can tell you for a fact I believe in this state, and there isn't a day that goes by that I don't fight for Montana, and I'll tell you why because I think what's good for Montana is good for this country. I like it. We'll end it right there. Thank Thanks. you, sir. You bet. That's it. That's all. Episode number 32 in the books. Thank you so much to Senator John Tester for joining the podcast and being part of this conversation. Uh, Very honored to have somebody like that be willing to spend time with me and to speak to all of you about what I believe. I mean, he truly believes. Um, I'm not one to dismiss all politicians. I'm not one to dismiss any idea that might come across that I don't agree with. But I found, again, uh, Senator tester to be credible and to be uh, pragmatic and straightforward dude and i enjoyed this conversation uh, i was able to have with him and i hope you did too uh, don't be afraid to let your opinions fly in the comments uh, on instagram uh, go to TheMeatEater.com, where you'll find all my podcasts uh, under the hunting collective go to uh, benny ob 301 on instagram where we'll be talking about a lot of the issues uh, surrounding this podcast that we spoke with Senator Tester about. Uh, hopefully, this will be the start of a dialogue, um, not the start of any arguments um, that we might have. So thanks for joining us again. We'll see you next Tuesday on The Hunting Collective. Bye. Bye.
You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.